Welcome to Alex Garrett Nightly on Can You Dig Sports? This is your nightly roundup of sports, stories of adaptability, and stories that should be trending but quite frankly aren't. Here's your host, Alex Garrett. All right, it's Alex Garrett Nightly once again. You know, we get the energy revved up every night here from 10 o'clock to 11 on uh, Kenny Dick Sports and Alex Garrett Podcasting. And firstly, before I get to my guest, I'm very happy I'm not the Garrett that's unemployed today. Yes, after the Giants stinker last night, I said it was in progress, but progress was not the Giants' MO. It was regression from the last few weeks, losing 30-17 to to the Buccaneers. And Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator, is out. And uh, we'll see where he goes next, but yes, I'm thankful to be the Garrett that's employed today. And uh, Freddie Kitchens will be taking over. Look, I think this is a move, really quickly, that will maybe help them in this wild card hunt. I still believe there's a chance. I think they wouldn't have made this move if they didn't think they had a chance. So we'll have to see. Now, Robert Sinclair, you're with AAA. You're the regional spokesman. But I've got to ask, you're also a Jersey guy. So do you like sports? Do you like the Meadowlands? Do you like going to football games? Um, I like sports. I like the Meadowlands. I don't like going to games. It's <laughs> 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 too much of a grind. The well, since you do traffic, is it too much traffic to get to the? Is it too much traffic to too, get to the game? Yeah, too much traffic, and the TV breaks. They just you know artificially slow down the game when you're there. And the game is designed for television, so I may as well you know watch it on TV. Well, but I know what what's going to happen to Garrett. What's going to happen? He's going to wind up being the offensive coordinator of a Super Bowl winner, like Todd Bowles. Now that would be something because <laughs> Bowles moved from the Jets to the Bucks, and look what happened, right? I mean, un- un- yeah, unbelievable. Uh, look what happened. So yeah. only in New York. You oh. know, it all started started with uh, Bill Belichick. I remember that press conference. You know, he was supposed to be the coach, and then he bolted, and so all that glory that they got up in New England was supposed to be hours, hours. <laughs> yeah, well, the Jeff fans but, have had long suffering, even now with Zach Wilson being iffy, and now Flacco and Mike White having to be on the COVID nineteen list. It's it's kind of crazy. Hey, you are with AAA, yeah. so I got to ask you this. How sure. many how many requests for towing do you get when people go to any sports event, whether it be Meadowlands, whether it be Yankee Stadium, City Field? Ooh, Is- that's that's a good question because um, we do have a, a tow truck on standby at all local stadia, and I don't have numbers on how many we actually service. But, but that's going to be something I investigate. Believe me, I was in communication with our director of automotive services today. And so it's something to follow up with him. Um, in fact, the guy that's at uh, City Field, I know well. He's from our Mass Garage. And uh, he says it's, it's not a bad gig, you know, because he basically just sits there. And most people don't go to their car until the game is over. So he knows when he's going to get busy, if he's going to get busy. So, now, yeah, of course, we're there. You advocate not drinking and driving, but that's almost an indef, you know, an in- inevitability when you're at these games. In 2020, when driving was down anywhere from 17 percent, according to the Federal Highway Administration, to 50 percent, according to the Gasoline Retailers Association, and yet we saw increase in injuries and fatalities, and, and 
Mainly the problem was open roads, as my grandfather used to say, open road is the siren song of the speeder, and people were speeding and crashing, and the faster you go, the more energy in the crash, the more likely you are to get injured and killed, and that's what was happening. So it's just, uh, you know, hopefully folks will, will slow down. They're also not wearing their seatbelt. They're driving impaired more and more by marijuana and also by alcohol. It's just a, a general degrading in road safety as a result of the pandemic. Uh, you also talked about on all these different platforms, you have a pamphlet. And does this manual, does this booklet that AAA releases cover these type of topics? We have multiple pamphlets. We've got a lot of love pamphlets. More and more, they're going digital. Uh, and you can find all this stuff on our website. But we've got uh, the, the the cost of driving, your driving costs, and we look at all the different types of vehicles and how much it costs per mile to operate them. We have a pamphlet uh, about how to get pulled over. You know, when you're pulled over by the police, how you should act and what you should say and do and not do and say. Um, we have uh, best way to school, showing young children the best way to walk to school. Uh, out across the street, you know, to walk with the uh, direction of traffic, all these different rules. There's just so much information that we have available as far as traffic safety is concerned. And uh, folks need to, to take advantage of it. If you go to AAA.com, that will take you to the national website. And then you put in your postal zip code, and it'll take you to your local AAA organization, which we call a club and uh, you'll be able to find everything there. If you want to get things in person, you can go to your branch if you're a AAA member and get maps and tour books and all sorts of information. But uh, more and more, we are going digital. It seems to be uh, the wave of the future and the way most people want to do things these days. But what really I'm, I'm particularly proud of and what I think is especially necessary, you have to get this information into the heads of young minds. Mm. So that it's inculcated, you know, good young drivers become good middle adult drivers and good middle aged drivers and good senior drivers. And we have programs where we go into elementary schools to teach road safety, Not just about walking and out across the streets and that kind of thing, but also about, you know, safety from the viewpoint of a driver. Because you know what the driver is about, what they're doing, what they should do, it makes you a better and safer pedestrian. So it's, I think, just very important that we keep this work up, that we expand it, that we get more and better information into elementary schools, grade schools, high schools. We have a new program now called Shifting Gears, the Blunt Truth of, about Marijuana. And uh, we go into the high schools and let youngsters know that you cannot drive safely under the influence of marijuana. Many are under the impression that they are better at driving when they're under the influence of marijuana. All that has happened is that your inhibitions have been shipped away. Exactly. You're not better. You just don't care as much. Now, is it true? You're not as careful. Mayor, Mayor elect Adams, Eric Adams is a very big weed advocate. And, and is that dangerous to the point of, of, yeah, he's going to not encourage kids to behind the wheel, while high, but is there, you know, is there's like an acceptance of that? Let me let me put it that way. 
Yeah, it can be a mixed message that when you advocate for marijuana, you might be, uh, okay, it's okay to use recreationally. It's the same as alcohol. Well, the same message that has been transmitted very effectively about alcohol and its dangers as it relates to driving has to be transmitted as effectively, if not more effectively, about marijuana because it does impair you. It it. Well, the studies are just just rife uh, in Colorado and Washington State uh, after marijuana was legalized. You saw many, many more drivers uh, being killed that had marijuana in their system. Now, I know that it doesn't necessarily indicate that they were impaired because marijuana stays in your system for 30 days, but it probably does. And, you know, it's uh, the message just has to be communicated that, this is not something that you should be doing. And it's interesting. I, I testified at Brooklyn Borough Hall hmm. uh, before then Borough President, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, about uh, the the damage that uh, Superstorm Sandy did to gasoline infrastructure in the borough of Brooklyn. So uh, he knows me. I mean, maybe I can sidle up next to him at one of his stops and let him know that I've got more information for him. And now as mayor, he needs to know about and get that information out there that smoking and driving is not good. Well, I would say recreationally at the house, is, you know, the apartment is fine, but not on the road. I think we can all agree on that. Now, for the record, I remember year after year, we bring you on the radio to talk about this exact thing, holiday traffic. And I'm honored that you have a report on this podcast as well. So thanks for joining me to deliver the news. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, the, the crowds are, are back. We're, um, you know, as far as flying is concerned, the, the Transportation Security Administration last Friday said they screened 2 million people in one day. That's bigger than pre-pandemic. And driving, we're uh, within 5% of where we were in 2019, uh, with 54 million traveling this year and uh, close to 56 million traveling in uh, 2019. So we're back. Uh, the, the vaccines seem to be taking hold, except in Europe, it seems, where now the entire nation of Austria is on a lockdown because of the resurgence of COVID. I don't know what's happening with vaccine distribution over there, but here in the United States, it seems to be doing quite well. And there's a lot of pent up demand with people wanting to get out to see family and friends and do something. Uh, AAA is one of the largest leisure travel agencies in the country. And we're seeing a tremendous number of bookings for people taking trips to Orlando and uh, Fort Lauderdale and Miami and Anaheim and Honolulu and Las Vegas and the Caribbean. And they want to go to Europe to take a river cruise, uh, especially in Germany. Did you think we'd ever get back to pre-pandemic levels? Or were you thinking, yeah, this is where we're going to be moving forward because of the way culture is changing here with work at home? Yeah, you know, I really... I was worried that we would be on a lockdown for years and years because of how easily this disease is spread. Um, you know, I see people talking about the AIDS crisis of the 80s. You know, this is different. All you have to do is breathe on somebody for them to catch this. And I'm just worried that it was, you know, and I've seen uh, documentaries and read about the, uh, 
the flu epidemic of 1918 and how that spread and soldiers coming back from World War One spread it. There was a big victory parade in Philadelphia and that led to a major spread. And I, I'm, I'm trying to remember the numbers of people who were killed in that flu epidemic, but it was many millions, if I remember correctly. And the well, population yeah. was, yeah, the population was much less than what it is now. So I was worried that we would see millions and millions and millions to die as a result of this. But we, you know, epidemiology, I think, is that. Epidemiology, yeah, easy for you to say. (laughs) The science of epidemiology has progressed just leaps and bounds. We're way ahead where they were in 1818. So, you know, we're making a lot of progress, but I was really worried that this thing was going to go on and on and on. Robert, when we last talked was Memorial Day. I don't think I asked you this, but when you look back now and when, even while it was going on, was it ridiculous when you saw someone wearing a mask in their own car and they weren't around anybody, just themselves? I, I don't know. It just seemed ridiculous of the even the idea. Well, you know what? You remember like four or five years ago and there was a shortage of flu vaccine and the advice was wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. And some people then were wearing masks and I developed asthma. I'm I'm strange. Most people develop asthma in their youth. I developed it in my old age and I developed asthma. So going back like four or five years ago, commiserate with the, the shortage of flu vaccine I started wearing a mask and washing my hands and washing my head. So I, you know, this is just a natural progression. I'm way ahead of everybody because I've been wearing masks for four years and they're just catching up. So listen, uh, the flu, I, you know, I remember talking to people about the subway and uh, it's very good for getting people around. I said, yeah, it's a very efficient transmitter of the flu and apparently COVID as well. So this might be something just for general hygiene, for the improvement of our personal health and safety. You know, even after COVID subsides, it might be a good idea if we're wearing masks, particularly uh, during a flu season. As someone with underlying as well, I'm always hesitant, but I'm also a little bolder with three vaccines in me to just go out and yes. live life. Do you, do, do you take supplements? Do you take vitamins? I do, <laughs> I do not, and uh, I guess I should start doing that. But um, yeah, I, I, I had mainly... my doctor tell me when I took a COVID test. He said you should take zinc and you should take uh, vitamin C, mega doses of vitamin C. I take, I think four or five different pills: the iron, zinc, vitamin C, uh, cranberry extract, green tea extract. Yeah. Well, well and they all go different. beyond saving us from COVID, it feels like. Like, that's a great starter against COVID, but then it didn't, it does have its benefits beyond that. But uh, Exactly. So the ma- Okay, so, wow, I did not expect us to go into health here, but here we are, right? Um, <laughs> here we are. Well, it's related to the car, because the health authorities during the height of the pandemic were saying that the safest mode of travel mm. was the private motor vehicle. Your own members of your own household, you stay isolated in your car, you know, carry snacks and beverages so you can avoid going to rest areas and be careful when you pump gasoline. And if you're looking around our area and you see the level of traffic, 
and ridership on Loyola Railroad, Metro North, the subway, New Jersey Transit down significantly 30, 40, 50%. Why are people doing that? They're trying to avoid public transportation and exposure to COVID. Because I think they still have that information in mind from the height of the pandemic that the car is the safest mode of travel when we're in the midst of COVID. So it's related. I've got a weird question because I, I've never thought of this yet, but should people take driving tests again? Because I really feel like people have forgotten how to drive after this pandemic. Or while we're in it, I guess. Well, you know, a famous philosopher said we need not be taught so much as we need be reminded. And, in fact, we have a reminder. It's called the Driver Improvement Program. It's a refresher course. Course, It's a day long. You can do it in person. More and more people are doing it online these days, which is an alternative. And it's certified by the New York State Department of Motor Vehicles to get you a 10 to 15% discount on your insurance or the removal of points from your license if you've got a ticket. So a refresher course is certainly something that's very good for drivers to take and one that's recommended, particularly if you've got a ticket or if your insurance is too high, you can take that refresher course and it's offered by us, it's offered by National Safety Council, it's offered by AARP, suffered by many different organizations and uh, that refresher course is very good you know just to, to get a reminder of what the rules of the road are because it sure seems like a lot of people have forgotten robert sinclair regional man regional spokesperson for AAA. by the way AAA.com for more information on that and yeah refresher course so i don't want to steal taglines but i'm going to say would 15 minutes with your refresher course save you 15 points <laughs> <laughs> 15 minutes. Well, it's actually it's eight hours. Oh, and it can it can tend it can save you 10 to 15 percent. So that's pretty significant. Now, is that online or in person, or how does that get to uh... either either or either or you can do it online, you can do it in person. Uh, of course, during uh, COVID, we had no in person courses. We did resume them. Uh, ooh, I think during uh, late spring, early summer. But uh, you can do it online. It's it's lengthy. It's a full seven and a half, close to eight hours. But uh, the information that you get is something that uh, is life-saving, very valuable. Well, and, and do you foresee, I mean, does AAA project holiday accidents, holiday crashes, or do they just get the data no. after the fact? When I was in high school back in the 70s, they used to do that. Uh, I forget the organization. Maybe, maybe the National Safety Council would predict how many people would be killed over a holiday weekend. We don't do that anymore, but it happened, unfortunately. And I'm reminded of, uh, you're a football fan, the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders I think it was a defensive back. Ruggs is his name. That was in a crash. And just prior to the crash, he was doing 156 miles per hour before he ran into the back of a lady and killed her and her dog. Yeah, I and, mean, uh, just and he had been partying yeah. in L.A. the night, in Vegas rather, that day or that night. And he has a kid and a wife. What is he doing driving that while well, he was in Paradise, I believe, wasn't he? Yeah, in a Corvette on a local street. Wasn't even on the highway. 
So here is some person, a person that really needed a refresher course. Henry Ruggs and, was his name. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I, I just for the sake of it, I Googled professional athletes who have been in major crashes and accidents. And the list is voluminous. And one guy on the Miami Dolphins lost his arm mm. in a crash. So I'm suggesting to the powers that be at AAA, you know, let's offer a discount to NFL, MLB, NBA, you know, all these various professional athletic associations. Let's let them know what the rules of the road are and get a refresher course. Because here, these are young people. With a lot of money, by the way, Robert. We can't deny that. Buy the most, yeah, a lot of money to buy the highest of the high performance cars. And I bet they haven't taken course one in how to handle the vehicles. And by the way, you shouldn't know how to handle them on the public roads because that's not where you're supposed to drive them fast. Go to a racetrack. There's a bunch of them in Las Vegas. You know, I've been yeah. to them. Did we talk about so, Tiger last time about how he flipped over eight times and now he's golfing again this past Sunday? I mean, this is remarkable. It is. But what was he doing? Uh, hmm. There was no alcohol involved. But you know, from what I've read about that crash is that he's going way too fast and lost control of the vehicle. He's lucky to be alive. He's lucky to be walking. And I see he released a video the other day, all three seconds worth of him taking a swing. But here we go. Another professional athlete who did something wrong behind the wheel and suffered immeasurably. And he hurt himself very badly. He could have hurt or killed somebody else. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's 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 a problem that's that's rampant. Young uh, people get into trouble behind the wheel no matter what. If you're a young person that happens to be a professional athlete and have a lot of money and access to, to the fastest cars and no training, it's really a formula for disaster. And it's happened again and again. Well, I wouldn't even put the onus on the young people also. I would say, what is Tony La Russa doing? You're the manager of the Cardinals at the time, or you were just hired by the White Sox, and you do DUI. Like you're you're older, yeah. man. You're you're in your sixties or seventies, yeah. and you're hired yeah. by. And this comes out after the White Sox hire him, and then it gets better. They rename a lounge that was like this long time Loretta's Lounge in honor of someone that was, I think, a fan or a long time worker to Larusa's Lounge. It's like the guy was a DUI. You know, I how, why are you doing this, White Sox? I don't get yeah. it. Yeah. Look at the the acting general manager from the Mets. Oh. You know, the Mets are just, after all, you know, seven or eight people turned them down. They just hired this guy, formerly the Angels, but they had to look for him because the former guy got busted for DUI and, and got sent packing. And his owner, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, his boss, I should say, knew it. He saw him at the party drug. What are you doing, at the Steve party. Cohen? Our, our nation is... One of the few modernized, industrialized nations that lets this kind of thing happen. You do not get away with this kind of stuff, let's say, in Germany. You know, they are very, very serious about impaired driving. And they're serious about impaired walking. And the the process of getting a license in Germany is multi-stage. There's like eight, nine, ten different levels that you have to go through to get your license, intense training. And if you fail at any level, you have to start all over again. Mm. We are much too permissive in this nation as far as impaired driving is concerned. 
and uh, the rest of the world looks at us and just shakes their heads. What are they doing? You know, our our fatality rates per say 100,000 miles, I believe, is, is like number 12 in the world. We're 12th worst in the world. There are third world nations that are better than we are. You know, when it, it comes to road safety. And I don't know if you I don't know if you what your thoughts are on the climate emissions, but it sounds to me, based on the stats you're reeling off, that if the people that want to get rid of the cars focus the energy on understanding cars will be here, but we got to make sure there are more safe drivers rather than eliminate it because no one will ever eliminate cars entirely. Like, well, they, we have to shift the focus. I mean, we we are back in the 1950s. You know, this nation committed itself to road transportation with the uh, Eisenhower interstate highway system. Um, and uh, there was the elimination of wholesale elimination of streetcars, for example. Do you know that back in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, you could take a streetcar and wind up going completely across the country? Not the same streetcar. You change here, change there, change there. But you could take a streetcar across the entire United States of America. That ended in the 1950s with the commitment to the interstate highway system. We have to recommit ourselves to a public transportation system, a viable public transportation system. Look at what they did in China, where they just I forget how many billions of dollars they spent on a high-speed rail system and spent like 10, 15 years building it and they just they just did it and they've got it and it works and it's great china's kicking our butts man when it comes to oh and everything we talked about that last night on the crypto like they're even beating us technologically on the on the currency but can this infrastructure bill help us focus on the little things and the big problems with our roads and bridges or what is the focus? I don't even know what the focus is of this bill, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm still reading it. <laughs> it's, it's a big, big bill and it covers a lot of stuff. The media have been focused on uh, the fact that in 2026, all new vehicles have to have some sort of alcohol detection system. All right, great. That's uh, that's one component, but there's a lot in it. It's supposed to take care of the the everything, everyday, mundane kind of things like pavement quality. Um, but we need that. We need, you know, we built bridges, but there there are a lot of details that have to be looked at. And uh, we, in fact, have a committee at AAA that's that's going through the bill to to come up with uh, highlights of what's contained and, and how it would... Uh, and I hope you guys uh, release some kind of report on that because I know that, A, the a the media should pick that up and, B, the public should pick that up too. Hey, you know, speaking of this bill, and uh, I like to call it Biden's Barrels, last time I talked to you <laughs> on the Alex Guerra podcasting side, which you can find in the archives, I kind of joked, will uh, gas be at $5? And you're like, no, no. Well, here we are in California Six fifty. Uh, I mean, it did climb, premium. and yeah. it's. Did you expect it? I feel like you didn't expect that kind of climb. What led to it, and what are Biden's barrels going to do to fix this crisis right now? Well, you have to remember, during the midst of the height of the pandemic, they were paying you to take crude oil off their hands. The price got to negative thirty-two dollars a barrel, and gasoline got in many parts of the country you know, under two dollars a gallon. Now, of course, now nobody was driving, and that's what happened. 
uh, demand goes down, price goes down. Well, demand is going up. And uh, OPEC Plus, and OPEC is Saudi Arabia. You know, as, as Saudi Arabia goes, so goes OPEC. And OPEC had cut oil production by 2 million barrels per day uh, during the height of the pandemic last year. Well, they've been slowly bringing it back, and everybody says, well, you need to bring it back more quickly. And the Saudis are saying, well, you don't know what's going to happen with this pandemic. Will it come back? And we don't want to be left holding the barrel. Um, you know, they, they committed to increasing uh, production by 480,000 barrels per day. Big whoop. Uh, but, you know, they, they're looking very, uh, very prescient uh, because COVID is coming back in Europe. Austria is locked down. And so that's why we have gasoline prices where they are, that the price of crude oil just keeps going up. Crude oil is the main component of gasoline. And, uh, you know, but it's not just that. We still have supply chain problems. We don't have enough truck driving which is affecting everything. So you've got this, this combination, you know, you've got a globally priced commodity. You know, you might want the price of crude oil to come down to improve the price of, of uh, gasoline, but everybody around the world is buying crude oil too. And so that, that keeps the price up. When we were nip and tuck as to being the, the world's largest oil producer with Saudi Arabia, we were producing 10 million barrels per day. Texas well, was third. Texas was third in the world. Okay. In that, the world. That was something yeah. that everybody kind of like, oh, well, it's under Trump. We're going to ignore that. But it shouldn't have been ignored. So a lot of people are quick to blame Biden, and I am too, because I just, I feel like policy led to these price, you know, price raises. And I also believe that inflation is due to whatever policies Biden's trying to put through. It's, it's, it's seemingly not working. I don't know the whole infrastructure of that but is it right to blame biden for these price rises no this is market driven this is a global commodity that's priced globally um, and in fact that is bought in dollars all all oil trading is done in u.s dollars so in fact as our economy gets better the dollar gets stronger that means you need more dollars in order to buy oil so it just it helps to raise the price of the kind of, of the commodity of the oil. The fact that the economy is getting better means that the price of oil gets higher. You know, anytime the economy is doing well, gasoline is expensive, oil is expensive because transportation is happening, trucks are delivering products to markets. They're, they're, the the excavators and construction equipment are at work, and they're burning diesel and. Trucks are transporting goods across the country. They're burning diesel. A good economy generally means high fuel prices. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things. What are you going to do, Robert? Um, uh, really, we're winding down yeah. here, but I've got I've got to ask you two things. Okay. Best sure. message on behalf of you or on behalf of AAA that you could say for those driving this Thanksgiving and. What are you thankful for this this Thanksgiving week? Best message is to be safe. Uh, make sure your vehicle's in good shape. There will be 400,000 AAA members that break down by the side of the road. Flat tires, dead batteries, the top reason. So make sure if your vehicle's in good shape before you hit the road. Don't drive impaired. Don't speed. And please wear your seatbelt. And what am I thankful for? I'm just, just life. Life itself, it's, we've seen so many people 
pass away, we've lost so many loved ones. Um, God blesses you with life. You know, just be thankful for it and make the most of it. And let's love one another. Stop all this fighting and bickering and And honking your horns. Let's stop that then. <laughs> oh, I feel that. And uh, I'm always thankful that you're able to join us. And uh, for our friendship, I mean, I literally call Robert when I get a pothole and I say, well, I just had a pothole on my roll blade. What do I do? I take your advice. I call DOT and they still don't do anything. But at least I take your advice on that. So, Well... Listen, there we're we're making it happen. Uh, it's there's going to be a lot better roads coming soon, so you can uh, do what you have to do and do it smoothly and safely. Well, Robert Sinclair, uh, regional spokesperson for AAA, thanks so much again for joining me on Kennedy Sports, Alex Garrett Knightley, and Alex Garrett Podcasting. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm Alexander Garrett. Can you dig live? Is next. Stay with us and. Uh, Enjoy your Thanksgiving week as we roll on here on Kenny Dig Sports.